Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Brian Peacock here with Matt Williamson. Welcome, everybody to the new Peacock and Williamson show, simulcasting this week only, both on the Locked On NFL channel and the Peacock and Williamson feed. Starting next Monday, it will only be on Peacock and Williamson, a brand new lineup for Locked On NFL, a new era here for you and I, Matt, but it's going to be a lot of the same here on Peacock and Williamson, but even better for us, and it's going to be a lot of fun on Peacock and Williamson going forward. Absolutely, and Welcome to you back from vacation. I missed you last week. We had some great guest hosts. That was fun. Welcome to probably some new listeners. Welcome to all of the practice squad that came over from Locked On NFL. And if you haven't done that yet, go hit subscribe on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Welcome to Yannick Nindakwe to the Vikings. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. A lot of new stuff happening right now. Major shakeup happening in Jacksonville that we'll talk about. A couple of injuries to get into that impact this season. A new contract signing in Houston. Some fantasy football. So a lot packed into this first episode of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And yes, go subscribe. Make sure you're in on both of these feeds going forward. There's going to be fantastic content about the NFL daily on both of the Locked On NFL and Peacock and Williamson feed. Some guests coming up on the Peacock and Williamson show too that uh, I'm excited about. So it's going to be a whole bunch of fun. If you don't know who we are, I'm Brian Peacock. I'm a radio guy on the West Coast, California kid, uh, pro football focus and Roto-Wire and I've done a lot of things in the industry, but right now, my main thing, my favorite thing I do right now is hosting these podcasts. I do Locked On 49ers and now the new Peacock and Williamson show with Matt. I'm sure everybody knows who Matt Williamson is, former NFL and college scout, uh, used to write at ESPN. Now you can find all of his work at the Pro Football Network, which we're actually, Matt, that's one of the the things I want to get to today in maybe the third segment is your latest article at Pro Football Network talking about your fantasy football strategy. Yeah, yeah, that, that's been fun, and we definitely will. I'm glad you brought up fantasy because we're hoping to get to it today. If not, I'm sure we'll address it tomorrow. Um, lots of news to get to, and you and I haven't talked for a week, so we're going to get back together and get it back in the groove here. Um, but we are going to do plenty of fantasy on Peacock and Williamson for sure, and especially these couple weeks leading up to your drafts. Yeah, and we, we've both written about fantasy stuff before. Matt does the Dynasty Blueprint podcast as well, so deep diving into the Dynasty League stuff, which is always Really fun. We have a locked on uh, NFL network wide dynasty draft coming up pretty soon, which I'm going to represent both of us, Matt. So I hope I don't. Um, I was really tempted <laughs> to join too. I'm just in eight leagues and couldn't give it my full attention, but I'll, I'll, I'll gladly critique you guys and pay attention and yeah. be a harsh critic. I'll let you be my my co owner, my my secret consultant like on the side, and and we can bring up some of that in in our discussions about dynasty football and and fantasy football and those kind of things. Uh, you brought up last week when I was gone. I, I hope everybody missed me. I was worried that nobody was going to care, but my Twitter <laughs> feed started to blow up Friday night and over the weekend. Um, Arizona Cardinals host, uh, the Locked On Cards, one of the co-hosts there, Alex Clancy, was your guest. And uh, I think some 49ers fans felt that they were getting slighted by uh, by Clancy, too, which was really funny. So I listened to the episode. I was like, okay, what did he? What could he have possibly said? Uh, and I don't have a really big problem with anything that he said. Uh, there was one thing he talked about, though, with Northern California sports fans. Said they were bad sports fans and fair weather fans. Oh, yeah. And when I heard that, I mean, 
it's pretty obvious, Matt. And I don't know if you were feeling this, but just the the massive jealousy coming from his side of of the microphone, right? Because he's you know he covers Arizona sports. He said he he grew up in Southern California. I mean, the Los Angeles market should be this massive sports market. They've only been able to sustain one pro sports franchise. You know, the Lakers ever, right? Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> come on. I'm not very familiar with your guys' area of the country or the left coast for that matter, but. I bit my tongue a little there and kind of said something. I kind of equated you Niners fans a little to my Steelers fans that a lot of you grew up in a uh, a time when your team was the dominant one in the league. And so maybe you get a little spoiled and you expect things that other team fan bases don't. But I'm also sitting there thinking, I don't know that Cards fans are quite happy as Niner fans, even from even now and certainly in history. Right. Yes. A, a lot of rings and even recently with the Northern California teams and the 49ers are, are playing well right now. Three and five years for the San Francisco Giants. Obviously, the Warriors are doing big things. And anytime your franchise is good and, and you're winning, you're going to pick up more fans. So that's natural. And, so you know, people accuse the Patriots and New England fans of a lot of things recently because they've been winning over there. And and that's kind of what mm. comes with the territory. But I mean, Dodgers fans show up in the third inning, leave in the seventh inning. They got to bring a beach ball with them or else they're not having any fun there. So um, <laughs> that, I, I took issue with that one. I think my Northern California fans would be with me on that, but it's all in good fun. I like talking with, with um, Clancy and Bill Rock from that locked on Cardinal show. So it's all in, it's all in good fun. Also, the one, the other thing he said about the 49ers was that, that he would be shocked if they won 11 games. I mean, look, winning 13 games is difficult. And they might There might be some regression, absolutely, but nobody should be shocked if the 49ers win double-digit games this year. I would not be shocked, no. I, I think they're fourth in terms of – I have the Saints a little ahead of them in the NFC, and I have the Ravens and Chiefs ahead of them. But by no means do I think the Niners are – going to bounce, you know, bounce back in a negative way. Actually, that brings me to a topic I just want to throw out real quick that I didn't plan on bringing up, but we just announced a partnership with Football Outsiders. Yes. And I bring that up, which is really awesome. And I'm hoping to have Aaron Schatz and you know, a couple of those guys on the on the uh, the podcast. I've, I've been a subscriber, I think, for 18 years now. I've been a Football wow. Outsider subscriber. So it was out of my own pocket. So that's awesome. But one of their theories applies to your Niners is their plexiglass principle, which means when a team's really bad and they go to become really good the next year, a very high percentage of the time they go a little bit back to the median. But I think your Niners are a little different because their you know their quarterback was out in 2018, and then you add Bosa to the mix. Right. So it just history shows that those teams that take massive steps forward. And I think it applies to all sports. Usually take a step back the next year. And the 49ers didn't lose either play caller on the offensive or defensive side of the ball, which is pretty big because that's what starts to happen mm-hmm. with really good teams. And it's why it's hard to get back. I mean, it's hard to get back anyway. A small sample anyway. season of 16 games. Teams are always going to, you know, regress a little bit to the mean, whether they're really bad teams or really good teams. Usually if you just replay 16 games because it is really a small sample compared to other sports but the 49ers are are really good they're a really good team and they're going to be a good team and there's a tough tough division I think the Cardinals are absolutely up and comers I I picked the Cardinals to pick finish third in the division actually most people are still picking them last Uh, I just don't you have to see it you know you can't be a year early and I think people were a year early they expected big things from the Niners in 2018 it didn't happen People expected big things from the Cleveland Browns last year. It didn't quite happen. And so sometimes you're a year early. But when teams arrive, they arrive. And that could absolutely be the Arizona Arizona Cardinals coming up. And it, it all rides on the shoulders of 
their young quarterback in Kyler Murray. So it's going to be a fun team to watch and a really fun division to watch them beat up on each other in the NFC West. Yeah, and I said a lot of the same things Friday, actually. We talked a lot of Cardinals, as you can imagine. All right, well, let's get back into this. Some huge news going on. Massive shakeups in Jacksonville. Out are both Yannick Ngakwe and now, as of today, Leonard Fournette. A new contract in Houston to linebacker Zach Cunningham and a couple of really tough injuries. Uh, Derwin James is really the one that's that's bumming me out. Let's get to that stuff next. You know what can bum you out is when you have car problems, but not to worry. You've got rockauto.com that has everything you need related to your vehicle. Every make, every model. Such an easy website to navigate. Find exactly what you need to keep your car or truck on the road. Fuel pump assemblies, rockauto.com has it. Tail lamps, you bet. Engine control modules, rockauto.com is the place for you. Quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the exact specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's start with the Jaguars here, Matt. And Yannick Ngakwe, he will go for, and that was the rumors. It was like, look, it's going to take more than a second, but nobody's going to give up a first-round draft pick for Yannick Ngakwe. I did not see it being the Minnesota Vikings, though. They gave up a 2021 second-round pick and then a conditional fifth-round pick in 2022. That pick could become as much as a third-round draft pick in, in 2020. Two, depending on the stipulations here. I'm going to go over these stipulations really quick. So the fifth rounder in 2022 can become a fourth if Ngakwe is a first ballot Pro Bowl pick or a third if he's a first ballot Pro Bowl pick and the Vikings win the Super Bowl. So obviously that's what the Vikings are hoping for. And the Vikings, if they win the Super Bowl, will have no problem giving up that extra third instead of a fifth for a Pro Bowler if that's the way things go. Yeah, which would be the last pick in the third round. And right, I think everybody would be thrilled with that. So the Jags are rooting for the Vikes if, if they're not going to win it, which I don't think they will. Um, going to start with the Vikes? Yeah, let's break it down from their angle. Okay. Makes a ton of sense for them. And I did, for some reason, I didn't. as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. They're very much built on having two high-end edge rushers and – I did my edge pass rush ranks, you know, not long ago for Pro Football Network, and I had Hunter quite high. I had Griffin and Nandokwe on there, but I had Nandokwe higher than Griffin at this point. So they still have a dominant pair of edge guys. It's a different style edge player than Everson Griffin. Griffin is really powerful. I mean, he is a go-through-you bull in a china shop type player not that he doesn't have technique but Nadakwe is a little more edge bender fluid finesse you know I mean he can get run at but no matter what I mean that defense is predicated on getting a lot of pressure from those two without having the blitz so this makes a ton of sense I think the price was right for the Vikes too really helps them out 
after losing Everson yeah. Griffin and to pair him with Denell Hunter, I mean, that is a dynamic couple of uh, speed rushers coming off the edge against opposing quarterbacks. So uh, that's a massive upgrade there. And this is how bad Yannick Ngakwe wanted out of Jacksonville. He was supposed to make 17, almost $18 million next year. He reworked it to make uh, just a little over $12 million now. <laughs> so a lot. Yeah, it's a nice little pay cut for Yannick Ngakwe. But he got his wish. He's finally out of Jacksonville and now with the Minnesota Vikings. And... um it sounds like I know it sounds like monopoly money to people, but that's five million dollars he <laughs> that's left. Five up. million dollars, yeah. <laughs> right. like I won't make that much money that he just gave up in my lifetime. Right. I'll just give up that just to get out of here. <laughs> maybe, Matt. Maybe we'll get to five million dollars in our careers if everyone goes out and subscribes to the Peacock Keep and Williams. Subscribing. So, yep. Tell uh, all your friends. Oh my gosh. Um, th- this is a text that Ian Rappaport got from another coach this morning about the Jaguars. It said, "Quote: Doug is trying to clean the place up." And talking about the up and down history now of running back Leonard Fournette, Jacksonville just completely waving him and he was due $4 million in salary. The team declined his fifth year option earlier this offseason. So it was clear that neither Yannick Ngakwe or Leonard Fournette were going to be around in 2021 for the Jaguars, but they got him out of the building this week instead just before the season starts. So it's interesting that, you know, all offseason, they couldn't trade Fournette. They couldn't get anything. Nobody wanted to take on Fournette and his salary, which is kind of surprising. So they just they just cut him. And now Fournette can go anywhere. And Jacksonville really trying to get this thing cleaned up before the season starts. And, of course, comes with that the talk of, you know, tanking for the number one pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, a lot to unpeel here. First of all, we'll talk about... Well, I got a funny little story. My My son's fantasy draft was over the weekend him and his 13 year old buddies and now they're old enough that they don't need any adults there and they all handle it but I got a lot of texts from him throughout it and the last one being hey in the last round he, na- he named all these dudes and I'm like is uh Ryquil Armstead available by chance grab him <laughs> and so he did and I hear this morning when he gets up at like 11 o'clock in the morning Woohoo! I mean, all I hear are screams from his room when he hears the blurb that Fournette got released. So, my son, a little shout out to Michael and a little shout out to Dad for setting Michael up with uh, what looks like a new cheap fantasy starter. <laughs> so, um, my, Michael Williamson <laughs> caught the bug. Is that what I'm what I'm hearing? He's got the football oh, bug. He's when you are when you're a kid and you're cheering about Ryquell Armstead, I mean, that's when <laughs> right, you know right. you got a problem. You're in for it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he might follow after Dad in some some ways. Certainly with a lot of fantasy championships. Um, okay, a couple things. Fournette as a player isn't great. I mean, he caught a lot of passes last year, but boy, they were a very low degree of difficulty dump off. Like, I don't think all of a sudden Fournette's become a super accomplished receiver. And I'm sure he will lead. That'll be the most catches he ever has in his career. But to his credit, and this is a little fantasy related too, he only had three touchdowns. That was fluky and unlucky. He'll probably get back to six or eight or whatever. I mean, on a normal week. But he's much more geared for 1985 than he is now. I mean, he is a fast and a powerful guy. But frankly, his level of competitiveness doesn't exactly remind me of Walter Payton in terms of finishing runs. And, you know, he will dance at times and goes down easier than he should. And maybe some of that's the environment he was in. And if he goes somewhere else, uh, it'll rejuvenate him. But he runs up the back of his blockers a lot. Um, He isn't super elusive. He's got chronic ankle issues, which I'm sure are going to limit him at the next, you know, going forward. Doesn't help on special teams. Doesn't seem like exactly the best teammate either. So 
it, it's probably a good message to send in that you didn't pick up his option. You tried to trade him at the draft. Nobody wanted him. You're maybe tanking, but certainly not in it to win it this year. Who cares if you're not as good at running back? But my my problem with like that tweet you mentioned or the text you mentioned isn't cleaning house. Cleaning house is great. Get all the malcontents out. Build from the ground up. Fine. But you're probably not going to be the coach that reaps any of those benefits. You know, you're probably going to get fired in doing so. And where do your eight-year stalwart veterans come from? And I promise on Peacock and Williamson, I will I'll try not to reference the Steelers over and over. But where did your Cam Haywards, David DeCastros, Pounceys, you know, the lifers that took over from the generation before? And you know what I mean? Like, yep. that is so important in a locker room. And some of these teams, like the Browns, but boy, the Jags, where are you ever going to get the veteran leadership from from within? That's what's amazing about what's going on in Jacksonville is they've been good at drafting good players. They it took them forever. They pick high and they get good guys. Yeah, right. and they couldn't figure now out. Now they're the, on the Rams. Couldn't figure out the quarterback thing, and they couldn't keep the good players around. There was a funny uh, tweet I saw where somebody was thumbing through their closet, and it was Allen Robinson jersey, Yannick Ngakwe jersey, Leonard Fournette jersey, <laughs> Blake Bortles jersey, Jalen Ramsey jersey. You know, and none of those guys are around anymore. I mean, that's on Blake you if you Campbell, bought. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's on you Fowler, if you bought so uh, a Bortles jersey. I mean, that's on you. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, he should have never been the number three overall pick in the draft. But still, they couldn't figure out quarterback, and then the rest falls apart. And they had so so many good players. So it, it's, I wonder if. They have to just have a complete, like, can you be the GM, go through what we've just talked about, and then still have your job in 2021, or does it need to be a completely new regime? There's probably going to be a new coach at some point, because they're acting like both head coach and GM, that they're cool, and they're getting things ready to start fresh in 2021, but uh, I have my doubts. It's not how the NFL goes that you get that shot again in 2021. Right. I mean, what we had this conversation what would Minshew have to do this year to not take Trevor Lawrence? And I think we came to the conclusion he can't. Whatever that, yeah, that bar is, he can't reach it. And that's not even a knock on him. And he might be have a fine career. What the coach and GM in Jacksonville have to do in order to, to say, boy, I have extreme faith in these guys to build a dynasty after they get go 2-14 and 14 this year? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Mr. Khan would have to have extreme faith in these two to say, boy, you're our guys to rebuild. Real quick, any landing spots you do like for Leonard Fournette after you just bad-mouthed him for like five minutes? Chicago, <laughs> Chicago with, with the okay. Montgomery situation. Maybe you know, uh, a mutter, you know, nasty feel. Yeah, there's a few I've seen. I've seen Patriots. Every free agent Patriots gets named uh, Seahawks yeah. because they like an old-school type of running back. Not I could bad. see that. I'm surprised the team wouldn't give up a seventh rounder though and take on $4 million for Leonard Fournette. So I feel like there maybe is something else more to some of the disciplinary stuff that he's gone through in the past, maybe some off field things, um, locker room things that might factor into this more than we all know. I bet there's a lot of that. And I don't mean to slander the guy. I don't know that, but you hear some rumblings. I also wonder can he pass a physical with his ankles and things too? You mm -hmm. know, yeah. I have some doubts there, but you could name a lot of teams. I mean, the Rams, um, Derek Henry's backup. I mean, I'm a true inside guy to compliment Johnson and Johnson in Houston. Um, I, I heard people, he, he should be Connor's backup here in Pittsburgh. I mean, you could go on and on and on. Is he better than Jordan Howard for Miami? Like I, I could find fits. 
We've got to get to some of, oh man, Derwin James. This one really bums me out. Derwin James, who is a player that is a star in the making, if he can ever get on the field, missed all of last year, uh, now going to miss more time. Jalen Rager, rookie wide receiver in Philadelphia, injured, and a new contract for Houston Texans linebacker Zach Cunningham. Let's finish up the show with those stories on Peacock and Williamson next. Derwin James. I know how much, Matt, you love Derwin James because we always talk about, there's been a lot of talk this offseason about Jamal Adams and Minka Fitzpatrick there in Pittsburgh and how good they are. And you've talked so much about how Derwin James could be even better and like clearly the best safety in the NFL potentially with his athletic ability, the way he's built, what we saw from him as a rookie. But now uh, his career really sputtering. It's tough. He missed all of last season, and you hope so much for Derwin James to come back and be that same guy, and now it's a meniscus injury, and he's going to miss significant time in 2020, and potentially a lot or all the season. I mean, th- this is the type of injury that could really hold him out for a long time and hurt, again, the start to uh, his career that everyone expected so much from. This one really stinks. I mean, he was my number one safety he would definitely be one of my f- top defensive players if I was drafting right now. You know, who to take going forward. I think he's very, very special as a player, super competitive, super versatile. Uh, and now, I mean, after last year and then going into this year, I think, I mean, he's such a key component for the Chargers, too. I thought their defense has a chance to be excellent. Now it's, I think it's got a chance to be okay if he's not in the picture. He's super important to those guys. Um, I'm kind of just keeping my fingers crossed because he's one of my favorite players and favorite players to watch. And it would really bum me out if his career isn't what it could have been. I've had a partially torn meniscus and had, uh, it's a pretty minor surgery in and out with the surgery. I think this is something you can pretty easily. I mean, depending on how bad it is and how bad they, this surgery is, it's rough because down the road, you might end up with bone on bone in your knee which isn't Mm. great for a football player and could shorten your career. But I think it's something he could come back from, and I'm sure they won't want to rush Derwin James back. But I have a feeling we're going to see Derwin James. And and everything I've seen is the word significant time, but it doesn't mean yet that the the season is over. So if the Chargers make a run, I think we could see Derwin James playing late in the season and into the playoffs. So luckily it's not an ACL or something that his year is just flat out done. Yeah, and... You easily could have come back and, and guarded Travis Kelsey, I'm sure, without any problem shortly after your surgery. Oh, or- yeah. Oh, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I was throwing down windmill dunks in my pickup hoops league within two weeks. Yeah, for sure. I hope you're right. And generally, that's how the, these things go. And hopefully it's just a month. And by you know the, the end of September, he's back there being like a defensive MVP type guy. But who knows? You hate to see it in back-to-back years for such a young player. First round wide receiver in Philadelphia, Jalen Rager, who I know you also like, Matt, uh, has a small tear in his shoulder. It looks like they're going to go the non-surgery route, going to try to rehab this thing, and he's supposed to miss miss three to four weeks. Uh, I've seen some talk about maybe more like six weeks, maybe October, maybe November for sure. At least his rookie season is not over. And there's also now a chance, a story I saw with uh, us from John Clark, NBC there, in Philadelphia that Alshon Jeffrey is likely to, to be able to play in September, which does help Philadelphia mm. out. But their young speedster, they spent a first-round draft pick on Jalen Rager at a TCU, is not going to be ready to go to start the season. I didn't hear that about Alshon. That's really encouraging because him and Arthega Whiteside are that big contested catch type guy. 
Um, but they've been looking for speed. And boy, their offseason was really dedicated to going and get some speed elements for Wentz, who had none of it last year. And even Godwin, who opted out. And you know they, they went all, all in, and Jackson's coming back. Um, I got the impression and got a lot of intel saying they were counting on Rager being an every snap guy from day one, you know, a starter and maybe contending with Goddard, Jackson, Sanders, Alshon to be the second leading receiver on that team behind Ertz. So maybe that still holds out and injury news is hard to come by to get really pinned down, but um, not a good start. And I thought he was actually pretty fantasy relevant, to be honest with you, too, as rookie receivers go. Marquise Goodwin also opted out of the season. Another guy with speed that they had added to that group. They still have Deshaun Jackson. They still have fifth-round pick John Hightower, Greg Ward in the mix, along with the big-bodied guys like uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Quez Watkins, the sixth-rounder, another 4-3 guy. So they still have some speed at wide receiver, but I'm sure they wanted and had big plans for their first-rounder. Absolutely, and I love them coming out of TCU. I mean, he was the only show in town and had some awful quarterback play. I think he's a really good prospect. And I don't think his combine workouts, at least the 40 time and the speed portion of it, because he jumped through the roof, uh, it really showed the explosiveness that he had in college. Like he has no. this this burst that that's pretty obvious. And so I was excited to see how he worked in there. And yeah, you were really high on him. You were as high on him as anybody. I think you had him in your top three or four wide receivers in this class, right? I thought he was the fourth. You know, everyone kind of had the top three together, Lamb, Judy, Ruggs. And I thought he was pretty clearly ahead of Jefferson and Ayuk and Pittman and other guys who went in that neighborhood. I, I'm really, really high on him, which isn't a knock on that other group because, boy, the receivers that come in the league every year are amazing. But I thought he was a very, very good prospect. And I'm talking about it like he's retired and dead. I mean, you know, he's <laughs> he still is. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a lot of especially with rookies in this offseason, I'm actually surprised there hasn't been more, but you're going to get those tough, the soft tissue injuries and, and players going to get dinged up in this odd camp and, and the way that camp ramped up and no OTAs and no stuff like that. So I have a feeling, unfortunately, there might be some more stories like this, especially with rookies going through this for the first time and just putting a lot on their bodies all of a sudden after having an odd offseason where they're mostly just lifting weights and, and, and doing indoor workout type stuff and then going out on the field and... and um, you hope that it's not the case around the league, but you know it's not surprising that we're getting more and more of these stories as camp sort of moves along for some players. But yeah, again, it's it's bad news, but it's good news that you know his season's not over, and hopefully the rehab goes well. Jalen Rager will come back and you know be able to jump right into the lineup at some point in October, maybe for those Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, hopefully. Again, I really like him. I really like James. I didn't like hearing any of those, um, and I wonder. How many stories out there right now do we not know of people that are dealing with a semi-serious injury? Because it's, you know, I'm not saying teams are hiding them, but mm -hmm. it's just hard to get information. Right Playing now. through stuff, there's a lot of, yeah, and and teams have been really quiet about injury stuff. So there's players that are standing on the sideline and it's like, oh, it's just a day off. Load management and in reality, there's a hamstring or there's something else going on they don't really want to talk about. But we'll find out when those actual injury reports that teams are forced to put out there next week will happen Leading up to, I mean, we're 10 days away from NFL football, Matt. This is crazy. I know, how crazy is and that? The Houston, so good. the Houston Texans will be one of those teams at Arrowhead taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, and they have re-upped their star linebacker, Zach Cunningham, agreed to terms, according to Ian Rappaport, on a huge new extension worth $14.5 million per year in averages. 
And uh, yeah, it's a big money deal, and it's a good sign that some teams aren't still are still not afraid to sign some young players to big deals, and and still doing it's like teams are doing business in the league, which is a good sign for the league going forward. That just teams aren't afraid to not do anything right now with money uncertainties around the league. Yeah, that's something I, I've always been harping on, pretty much since the Mahomes deal is. We're seeing a lot of these extensions not allowing core players to move on, which tells me that owners aren't super worried about money or the cap really going down. I think those are great signs. Money talks. Uh, I mentioned, you know, some of the lists I've been writing. I I wrote a linebackers list for Pro Football Network a couple weeks ago, and I had Cunningham, I want to say like 13 or 14, something in that neighborhood. And that was one of the ones I got some blowback about, like, Man, I think you're a little high on this guy. And, and people don't seem to realize how valuable he is. And I think this contract justifies that I might have been right on this guy. I mean, he is a long, wiry, narrow-waisted, almost looks like a wide receiver, but changes direction really well, really good in coverage, can match up against tall, tight ends. Modern-day linebacker, they, they should be really happy with him. Absolutely. Uh, he's a really good player. He's developed that long, rangy body and uh, he's a modern day linebacker can run and hit and got himself a nice little payday Matt we didn't have time to get to your fantasy football strategy I have a dynasty football question for you as well let's tease those for tomorrow's episode maybe get a little bit deeper into some fantasy football stuff on Tuesday's show what do you say I like it. Works for me. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Peacock and Williamson. Don't forget to subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson feed. We're going to be simulcasting all this week on the Locked On NFL channel and the new Peacock and Williamson feed. But as of Monday, we will no longer be on Locked On NFL. So make sure you subscribe and get all of the P-Dub action in your podcast app of choice going forward. And we'll be back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.